Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, welcome to the Football Writers Podcast. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Adrian Clark of Arsenal TV and Tom Hopkinson of the Sunday People. Same old England, but at least we've got a new dawn in Manchester. It's Derby Day on Saturday. So, Adrian... Who's in better shape, City or United? <laughs> it's a really difficult question. I don't think there's a great deal to choose between the two. I would probably say Manchester United on the basis that Aguero is going to be missing from this game and he is obviously their talisman. Um, I've been really impressed with the way that United have played under Mourinho so far. The organisation has been outstanding. And the transformation really has been eye-catching because um, they had such a long way to go from being bang average last season so often, especially away from home where they conceded a lot of goals, to being so solid, so hard to break down. And and the new boys have, have all contributed. Pogba was sensational, wasn't he, on his debut? I thought he was just brilliant. Zlatan's hit the ground running, Mkhitaryan too. So um, United, I would say, are going to be very hard to beat this season and possibly in this game too. It's the first time in three years as well that you can say that Manchester United are going into this fixture with as much chance of winning it. You would always have favoured in, in the last few years uh, City to be so far ahead of United and yet that just isn't the case. As Adrian says, Mourinho has got them. They're so rigid now, so solid and, and it's unbelievable how quickly he's, he's got that over to them and, and impressed that upon them. Four great signings in the summer, and and you know particularly the positions through the spine, um, yeah. uh, you know, and I just think the way Ibrahimovic has, has come into the side, it's just galvanised everyone, given everyone that confidence that's been lacking at United. But there is only a cigarette paper to choose between the two sides because City have made some great signings and they look so fluid as well under yes. Guardiola, and you can all you know you see the confidence oozing through them from from Stones at the back to Sterling up front as well. So um, yeah. it's going to be a great game. Is is Pep by his nature? You know, very his philosophy, if you like. Is he more of a long-term manager, someone who builds rather than just makes a massive impact initially? Uh, quite possibly. I think he has made a massive impact initially anyway in terms of, again, we've praised Jose for the way he's transformed the team. He, he's done exactly the same. We, we've, talk, you know, we've talked before about this new shape, very fluid, uh, unusual, difficult to play against. And I thought they would this would be a great time to play City uh, in the first couple of months as they as the players adjusted to the new setup. But the, but they've looked really fluid and all the players are very comfortable with it. This is the big test, though, isn't it? It's, it's all well and good beating Sunderland at home and and all, with all due respect, West Ham away from home depleted. That that that. that they were easy games, really. I don't know they did well at Stoke. This is the test. Are their fullbacks good enough? 
I still think there are major question marks. And if you're going to talk about recruitment, brilliant. I, I would say in terms of the attacking areas, Stones looks like he was born to play for City. But those fullbacks, for me, they were the urgent priority to change and they haven't been and I think in these first games they've been untested and I think United will look to exploit that Now you're going to go Tom yeah. Saturday how much will you be looking at the managers and not the teams? Well I'm, I'm there to write the colour piece so I, I have the very fortunate position that I will be focusing I, I would imagine that that's the main story isn't it the two managers you know that's what everyone's going to be looking at Because they've the, got history the, haven't they? Oh, Huge history. I mean, the press conferences this week are going to be fascinating mm -hmm. to see how they play it. Will Jose try to crank up the mind games from the off? My feeling at the moment is that they'll probably both try to downplay it a bit. But can you imagine the mood that Jose Mourinho is going to be in uh, after the game if United have won? He won't be able to resist uh, a few barbs, will he, at, uh, at Pep Guardiola? What Manchester United and Manchester City have done this week has been, uh, sorry, this season has been quite interesting. They've often had their press conferences at the same time. So the Manchester boys haven't been able to go and put questions to one manager, see what he says Smart. and then hop over the fence <laughs> yeah. and, and put it to the other one. So I, I wouldn't surprise yeah. me if the two media departments don't have a bit of a conflab this week and, and you know, just try to downplay that. But... It's just, you know, there's going to be so much to uh, take notice of. Wayne Rooney as well, you know, after the England game, more question marks mm. about his positional play. You know, if Mourinho, you expect, will have him back as the number 10 as he as he started the season. And, you know, clearly his best position now as well. Mm. And you've been around a lot of managers yeah. In, yeah. in your playing career. Of course, yeah. Did you sort of do a double take when Sam Allardyce talked about not being able to control where Wayne Rooney plays. It's a, non a nonsensical comment, really. And, and do you know what? I think it might have just been a slip of the tongue where he was just a bit loose-lipped. I don't think he would have meant that. I, I can't believe that he would have meant it. You, you saw the Wayne Rooney interview and he did say, well, no, the manager want, wanted me to play in that deeper role in the first half and then tactically we changed it and I, I went further forward. So for Sam to say that, I thought well, it was odd. I just wonder whether he just got a little bit carried away with himself and, and, and was just trying to deflect something towards towards Rooney as if to say, well, he knows what he's doing. He's a great player. Um, but no, his best position at the moment probably is as a number 10. Um, I think the midfield battle is going to be fascinating in this match because you've got such an attacking unit for City. Silva and De Bruyne flanking Fernandinho. It places so much pressure on Fernandinho, especially when you get Pogba looking to take Silva and De Bruyne the other way. And I, I, I just think Jose will look to do that at every opportunity. That, for me, is the floor in the City side at the moment. Great going forward with those two. But without the ball, if you can get Silver and De Bruyne on the edge of their own box defending, which they will have to, that's where you can make them pay. Fernandinho has been uh, very impressive, mm. though, for me at the start of the season. And I, I, we talk about City's attacking flair, you know, De Bruyne, I mean, he's one of the most exciting players in the Premier Brilliant. League. Yeah. Uh, Silver as well, probably not the player he was a couple of years ago. But Fernandinho, to make everything else work at City, to, to make them work as well as they can do going forward. It, it all rests on his shoulders, so he could be the key player in this game. Mm, I've been very impressed with, with jo uh, John Stones on and off the pitch. Yeah. Now, I, I saw him at St George's Park last Friday and he struck me as a very grounded lad yeah. and he, he's so eager to learn and that's a fantastic attribute. Yeah, look, I was quite critical of him last season. I thought he had a quite a poor season. He just doesn't look like a defender. He didn't look like he wanted to defend. He wanted to do the... The, the pretty things and he does those very well so far this season he, he's blending the two parts of his game brilliantly he, he looks born to play for Guardiola doesn't he yeah. and, and you could see for England actually the, the extra confidence he had to step out into midfield and join in um, 
yeah, he, he, he is going to be some player, but this will test him this match like no other in the City shirt so far. You can perhaps understand last season why he didn't have uh, as good a season. You know, look, Martinez, clearly <laughs> well, things weren't working out. Hardly a defensive coach. Well, no, and things weren't working out for yeah. him, were they, last season, mm. on, on the whole. But also, go back to the summer when John Stones had his head turned by Chelsea. Yeah. You know, he handed the transfer request in. Now, you're a 21-year-old lad from Barnsley, as grounded as you want to be. You've got Jose Mourinho trying to sign you for £40 million. That's going to probably make you think that you're you're a little bit more special than, yeah. than perhaps you are and and uh, you know for a 21 year old of course at that age you're still taking steps forward but then there's going to be the step back as well before you can how go do you think again. you'll cope against latam because he he's got the measure of uh, at least a couple of centre-halves already in the air, powering those headers in. You see, if the ball comes into the box, you can see Zlatan. Oh, it's going to be a yeah. huge... I mean, the, the, it's going to be intriguing at either end with uh, Eric Bailly as well. Uh, obviously, it's a real shame that we're not going to see him battling out against Aguero because that would have been a bit of a measure of where he's at. He's received a lot of plaudits by already. Mm. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the uh, Ibrahimovic, the, you know, the experience that he's got against Stones... Drag, maybe dragging him here and there and uh, yeah, opening it up for the uh, the wide players at United to come mm. in, that, that could be key. You mentioned Aguero, Tom. Now, you wrote about uh, Mark Halsey, the, the former yeah. referee, saying that you know, in his experience, he, you know, he's come under pressure to basically say that he's, he didn't see something that he actually had seen. What's your view of that incident and what does it tell us about the referees? Now, are we, are we at a stage where there's almost a crisis of confidence in our referees. It's, it's quite an extraordinary development, really. It's something that uh, Mark Halsey tweeted over the weekend. I mean, we're actually going back three years. He mm. did write about it in his book. Um, you know, it, it's nothing new mm. that he's saying, but uh, obviously very pertinent, given the fact that Andre Mariner had said that he'd, he'd missed uh, the Aguero elbow on, on Winston Reid. And, and, you know, City quite rightly showed TV yeah. replays and said, look, how, how did this man miss this incident? It was right under his nose. And I, I, th I think... Mariner can be forgiven yeah. if he did miss it because, you know, there's so much going on on her pitch that even if you're looking directly at something, sometimes you aren't going to see it. I mean, Graham Pohl has been yeah. quite forthright in saying that, you know, but... Yeah. I, he's made a mistake. Yes. And, you know, he's, he's almost a victim of, of, why, of this why can't concept. You know, they're not infallible. Why no, can't a referee be, be allowed to right. admit they've made a mistake? Yeah, you want to right. get to the right result. And the right result is that Aguero is banned for that instance because if he'd have caught him flush with his elbow, he'd have busted his nose or his lip, it, it could have knocked him out. It was it was nasty, and and why can't why can't the appeals committee come out and say, look, he was there three yards away. He didn't have a good as good a view of it at the time as we saw on TV. He agrees with us that he got that wrong. They're hamstrung by this rule that says if, if a referee saw it and chose not to punish it, we it's can't a, punish it retrospectively. That, that's the only way around it. Get rid of that rule altogether because, you know, as, as Adrian says, look, everyone makes mistakes. The, the referees and human mm. players make mistakes throughout the game. But, you know, it's just that was mm. a big one. I mean, but... We, we shouldn't. This shouldn't take away from the fact that if what Mark Halsey is saying is is true, then it, it does it is tantamount to corruption. You know, referees, chiefs should not be putting pressure on on their their officials to to yeah. change statements. Well, I, I suspect this one will will run and run. Yeah. So if we get out of football, yeah. right. <laughs> Chelsea, yes. the other team with a hundred percent record, yeah. you look to see them extending that at Swansea. Again, first impressions of, of contact. Well, very good. Yeah, I think that Chelsea have been reinvigorated. You, you, 
when you watch Chelsea, or you know, on the screen or whether you're there, they just seem to be moving faster than they were last year. In simplistic terms, everybody is That's working. Because they're all hard. trying to keep up with Kante. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> it could well be. And they are the, the tempo of their play is is incredibly quicker, and for that reason, they're going to be so much harder to play against. Ordinarily, Swansea. In the last couple of years, might have fancied their chances, or certainly last year, of soaking up pressure because Chelsea didn't move the ball quickly enough. That, that's not going to be the case anymore. I think they're going to be potent on the counter as well as when they have possession, when they dominate it. Conte won't accept them moving the ball slowly. He would demand it's, it happens quickly. And when Chelsea do that, as we saw against Burnley, I know it's Burnley, but but they absolutely swarmed all over Burnley. It could have been 10 0. Um, this is going to be a tough game for Swansea. They also had a big rest last season, Chelsea, didn't they? had a year <laughs> yeah. off, which, which is helping yeah. them. But, I mean, if you go back to, to the game at Swansea when Chelsea won 5-0 yeah. uh, a couple of seasons ago on the way to the title, that was almost their last great performance. Mm. And, and as Adrian says, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if, if they didn't come out again and, and mm. take Swansea to task mm. this time. Mm. Uh, but he, he's, I mean, Conte, very impressive man. Where I was at his unveiling and mm. he, he, he gave us all uh, sort of, well, we had 20 minutes with the broadcast and then 20 minutes with the daily newspapers then the Sundays and he was so impressive the way he spoke and just down at his press conferences now at Cobham on a Friday you know he's, he's, he's a very interesting man to talk to. There's a real sense that he actually prepared himself for coming into the Premier League isn't there you know with the language lessons and everything else. Well it's quite funny when, when we went to that initial unveiling we were really expecting him to be tripping over the language and, and he said he said look you know you might have to bear with me uh, I, you know I'm still learning English I'm still having uh, the lessons and then the next thing he's talking about turning little flickers of light into a towering inferno. <laughs> You've got this, this lovely Italian uh, eloquence and, and lyricism yeah, about, yeah. Or, or lyrical way with his uh, yeah. with his words. Um, but he's. What's what's interesting about him as well? We know what a tenacious player he was, mm. um, and and he clearly understands footballers, and he keeps going back to this. Whenever you talk to him about anything, he says, "Look, I know I was a player, so I know the man management side." Family. I know. He keeps talking. Well, you know, family doesn't. He? Yeah, 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 and, yeah. Well, you know, you know what about family, yeah, right? Yeah, in the book yeah. on the Millwall family. So, so yeah, no, they're very good. The, the the question mark I say, I say the first two signings, tremendous. David Luiz, Conte and Batshuayi, good signings, yeah, sensible, good. the right acquisitions. The, the the next two, I've got to say, I'm a little bit you know uh, quizzical about because I mean Marcus Alonso, by all accounts, has improved since he was last in the Premier League. I haven't seen a great deal of him. I've got to confess. So the jury's out on whether he's a big upgrade at left back. But but Louise, I mean, come on, the Chelsea fans were celebrating when he left, and I just think he's a liability waiting to happen. Surely they could have done better. Than See, that. I, well, I, I play him you're a fan. You're a fan. Well. I, th I think we might end up seeing them in a three long term. Not necessarily this season. They might, you know, Conte might just look to to mm. get get as compact and as tight as they can. He's a better midfielder. Well. I think back to the Champions League game last year when, when Luis came back to Stamford Bridge mm. and I, I've not seen him a lot obviously in the last couple of years since he's moved to PSG but he was immense. Now I know he was playing at his old stadium, his heart would have been beating, he you know, would have wanted to prove Mourinho wrong, the club were wrong to let him go but he had a great game that night yeah. and I think if he, has, if he has managed to cut out some of the errors... Uh, that, that plagued his time in the Premier League to begin with, then he could actually turn out to be a very good signing. I just fear that he yeah, probably has. I think you can't argue with his talent. He is a talented centre-half, capable of extraordinarily good performances. But but as we see in the World Cup, I just can't get the image of Louise against Germany in the World Cup, just looking like a player that's never, ever played the game before. So mm. he's always got that kind of 
game in him and um, yeah uh, that, that may unsettle the dressing room and the other point is if they don't go with three at the back one of the big guns is going to be left out yeah. a lot Cahill, Terry or, or Louise um, how how will that change the dynamic having an unhappy Cahill, Terry or Louise on the bench that, that's something that they need to think about mm. the other big game this weekend Liverpool-Leicester you know, the BT Sport game um, Jurgen Klopp, you know, everyone who meets him falls in love at first sight. He talks brilliantly. What about his team? Does his team live up to the uh, hyperbole so far? It's a very good question. I mean, no, is the, is the honest answer. I think they're getting there. Um, there. There's certainly an improvement on where they were under Brendan Rodgers. Uh, I mean, look, there's everyone's waxed lyrical about the Gagan pressing haven't they yeah, and I think you, you look at them in, as individuals I think Adam Lana has come on yeah. uh, immensely played under, well for England, under club. yeah I thought he had a very good game I thought him and Danny Rose um, were, were probably the, t the pick of the England players um, so there are positives uh, you know I, I think uh, Vinaldum, I think, will be a good signing, but he's obviously he's going to take him time to adapt to a new team, you know, new surroundings, time to settle in, time to get used to his manager. So, I, I, I don't want to get carried away. A lot of people were saying with Liverpool, oh, guaranteed top four, they've made the signings now. I well, just don't think yeah, that that's going to. Be I the think case. they've had a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare window. That's that's my gut feeling. Obviously, Sadio Mane, tremendous. Yeah. Well, they got rid of Balotelli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too bad. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> swings, swings and roundabouts. Um, uh, Mane could be one of the players who likes sort of the Premier League. Mane's been brilliant so far. Yeah, yeah, I think Wijnaldum is actually. He reminds me a bit of David Platt, and I hope Platt, if he, if he listens to this, doesn't take this the wrong way. But with with him, if he wasn't scoring. He didn't always offer that much, David Platt, in his heyday. But and I think it's similar with Juan Aldum. He, he when he's breaking into the box of scoring, he, he, he is dynamite, and he will be a big asset to Liverpool. But if he's not scoring, you think, what, what are you doing for the team? You know, he doesn't get what, on the what ball. Was, what was much. interesting about Juan Aldum last year there was a lot of I think he scored was it 13 goals for Newcastle, yeah. and there was a lot of criticism. Oh yeah, but so many in one game, and they came against the weaker teams, which is actually where Liverpool have needed yeah, to yeah. improve. So if if he can be that flat track bully in yeah. those games and and get the goal and then the other lads, you know, the Marnays, the Sturridge's chip in with the goals that, that they should be chipping in yeah. with, then, um, you know, but, but that, I think I think for Klopp, he, he needs to sort out this Origi and Sturridge. Uh, I, I hesitate to use the word problem, but it's getting towards it, it is. Uh, being that. But the reason I think it's a nightmare is, is because of the defence. Why, why no left-back? Mm. I, I, can't, I can't understand that. Moreno's clearly not in favour and, and, and not consistent. And it wasn't as if he wasn't looking around. You know, he was linked very heavily with Ben Chilwell, uh, yeah. who signed a new contract exactly. at Exactly, and a centre-half. I mean, it's really, obviously, he did well getting rid of Skirtle based on the performance <laughs> for the Slovaks in, in the week. Um, but, but with Lovren, uh, a disillusioned Sacco uh, and Clavan, the new guy, is that a strong enough unit? I mean, I'm not convinced. I, I just I can't help but think... The one area where Liverpool were weakest was in defence, and I don't think that that's been strengthened. And there's still no specialist holding midfielder. And mm -hmm. Jordan Henderson, he can do it against Burnley at home, where you get loads of touches. But when you come up against the Chelsea's, the Arsenal's, the Cities, I, I, I fear for Jordan Henderson in that position. I think it's a player of, of real limitations, yet Klopp trusts him, Sam Allardyce trusted him. Who's right? Yeah, I mean... Henderson, two years ago, I thought he really kicked on. He sort of had a, 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 a quiet season in his first season at Liverpool, but then the second season, I, I thought he was very impressive. And he looked like he was going to be the player that they, they paid for, that, that they saw the potential in. But 
you go back, you think of the, the Sir Alex Ferguson comments, don't you, about the way he runs and that. I know Jack <laughs> Wilshire as well, yeah. you know, people have always said, yeah. uh, people have always been very open about the fact that he runs in a way that is going to be problematic, there are always going to be injuries. And I just wonder if, if Henderson is always going to be that sort of player that he'll never quite, you know, I don't think we can question his talent. I think that's there, but whether he'll ever quite play long enough periods of time uh, to, to be as consistent as he needs to be. I, I, I don't know if that's the case. Mm. What about Leicester, Adrian? Mm. You know, we expected them to be stripped bare. Now, they've <laughs> avoided that. Yeah, well done. Yeah, um, you know, only Kante going. Um, they brought in Slimani. Yeah. Obviously, there'd be this link with Mares because they're you know, compatriots. Yeah. How important is that on a personal level that he's got someone within the club to help him settle down? I think very important, yeah. I think you've seen it at Arsenal, actually, with the German contingent all pals and they've, they've helped the ones that have been there longest have helped the, the newbies come in and integrate with the rest of the squad so it is important Mares will have played a part no, no doubt about that um, and you'd imagine that he's got a really slick combination with Vardy already you'd imagine he's got something equally impressive with Slomani Mares that is mm. it, uh, the question mark is, is Vardy and Slomani is the record signing is he, is he, does he have to play or not because they only really played I know they played with one behind Vardy, didn't we? You know, and Musa exactly. as well. I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, Musa in, in pre-season, those goals against Barcelona. Where do they all fit in? Yeah. Can Vardy strike up a hot partnership with Slomani? Where does Musa fit in? Maybe on the wing, on the left, on the left-hand side. So I think they've done well in the window. Actually, better than well. But it's all about chemistry, and we won't know that, I guess, until you know Christmas time. I know it's the Portuguese league as well, but 27 goals in 33 games. It doesn't matter who, mm. what league you're playing in. Well, you know, within reason, of course. But <laughs> but it's in in a professional league, the top flight of any yeah. country to score that many goals, you know, shows that you know the way to go. And Okazaki, the, what he brought to the team was like a work rate and a ruggedness. And Bola, I haven't seen loads of Slimani, but what I have seen, he kind of that type of mm. guy. He'll get stuck in, yeah, which is important. Mm. Mention transfer windows. We've got to mention Arsenal. Yeah. What's the mood like there now? I, I think it's um, a lot better than it was a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, obviously, a first win against Watford uh, helped on that score. Um, and the fact that Arsene Wenger did sign the players in the positions that the fans were, were screaming for, whether those players are, uh, are the right ones, again, we, time will tell on that score. I think Mustafi is a player of pedigree that, that should upgrade the defence. I think he, his partnership with Koscielny has the potential to be a nightmare for opposition centre-forwards because Koscielny loves to nip in in front and, and be aggressive. Mustafi's that kind of player. Can they gel? We don't know. Uh, and Perez offers a different type of play than Giroud is sharp in terms of his sharp with his movement, very quick across a short space of ground. And in him, you've got to play at the peak of his powers. He's at 27, he's just had the season of his life. He's hot. Can, you know, can he stay hot? That's the question. Mm, it's funny how players sort of fade out of our consciousness. You know, Kieran Gibbs, for instance. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of talk about him being unhappy at Arsenal now. You know, only recently in England International. It's a very fickle game, isn't it? It really is. I mean, you know, you look at the move Jack Wilsh has made and uh, there's some interesting columns uh, about this in the last few days as well, talking about it's exactly what Theo Walcott needs to do now. He needs to go away and reinvigorate himself elsewhere. 
Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain as well. And you sort of get the feeling there are so many of these players at Arsenal, aren't there, who, who were brought through the ranks as these uh, established yeah. players. I mean, Gibbs, Gibbs was in excellent form, but then, you know, to be fair to Monreal, he has he has yeah. been a, a better player. So you, you can understand... Ill-timed injuries, weren't they? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And you, you see, you can understand why, why Monreal is the, the man in place of the shirt. But... I think I think that's almost been a you know Wenger went down that route didn't he of bringing through all these young English lads Callum Chambers we've seen go out on loan as well because there aren't the opportunities for him and he has tried hasn't he to bring in this English sort of yeah. uh, group and he's still trying withholding to be fair yeah, as well you know which, which we have to respect because that, yeah. and we were, for so long we were giving Arsene Wenger grief about the fact that there wasn't an English name on the team sheet and and mm. you know and yet but they're all good players and they've all done well. But to stay in the Arsenal first team, you know, I know, I know this going back, you know, 20 years. To stay there, you've got to be exceptional and that's not easy. And, and unfortunately, the English guys haven't performed quite as well as the overseas guys. That's, it's as simple as that. And that's why they're on the bench and the first 11 at the moment doesn't contain too many Brits. But Walcott has come back with a different attitude in, in this season. I've noticed it in him. that he, He's much more determined. He's hungrier. And I don't think he's going to rest on his laurels, which I felt he was doing to some degree last he, In the England game, he looked, when he came on, he, he looked like he'd got that about him, that, the, the bit between the teeth Definitely. again, which was great to see. What about Wilshire? Do you think he's made the right choice in going to Bournemouth? No. No, I, th I think he's made... If he wanted to stay in England, and, and who are we to tell him that he should move abroad? Uh, you know, his family situation, he's got young children, he probably, uh, you know, if he wants to keep them here, that, that's his prerogative, mm. and, and if he wants to stay playing in the Premier League. So I don't think uh, he's made a bad decision in going to Bournemouth. I would have loved to have seen him go to Roma or, or yeah. Milan, though, given the chance, because I think his game is so suited to that. And I think the um, experience he would have got from going and playing in Serie A where it's a little bit slower, perhaps not quite as boisterous as the Premier League, and uh, his body could have probably... And, and, and he'd learn self-reliance as well, he wouldn't would, he? would. I think as an education, for his education as a footballer, maybe as a person as well, going to Italy would have been the better... And, and for England, that, yeah. that was... You know, but but to, it's my understanding that, that Arsenal blocked the move with Roma. They didn't want to deal with them. Uh, they, right. they, they had some issues with them. And I don't know whether the Milan link was as serious as, as the Roma one. Mm. So in terms of his options closer to home, I think Bournemouth was the better bet compared to Palace. He was, but, he was very impressed with Alan Pardew, from yeah. what I'm told. You know, went mm. and, and had a, a good hour meeting yeah. with Pardew and, and was very interested in joining mm. Palace, but then sat down with Eddie Howe and, and Howe came in and blew him away. And, and I think he will be a good fit there because they, they perhaps just lacked that bit of uh, they've got the plenty of industry haven't they um, mm. sorry uh, hard working players in, mm. in midfield but just that little bit of creativity the, and I think he'll, he'll add yeah. to the team the risk is is if he, if it doesn't go brilliantly for him there if he doesn't shine all eyes are on him he's going to yeah. be expected to be man of the match most weeks I don't think that's realistic so I'd be fascinated to see how he does I hope he shines but if he doesn't then it's one of those situations. Where do you go from there? And it's a, so it's a, it's a it's a risky move for him, but I hope it pays off. You know, we're talking about fit. Let's look at Spurs. Where does Sizoko fit in at Spurs? <laughs> well, if if he if he recaptures straight away the form that he showed at Euro 2016, then Big he if. fits. <laughs> Big if. Not, not necessarily because he's he's playing with better quality players at Tottenham than than he was at Newcastle. But if he can recapture that form, then he fits straight into the team. He fits straight into most Premier League teams. If he recaptures the form. <laughs> That he showed at Newcastle last year, which you don't expect him to. Look, it was clearly a lot, a lot in his head last year that he, he wanted away and wasn't trying. Well, season well, yeah, absolutely right. And, and and you know, I I I I think we'll know a lot more about him in in the next two months because I think if if um, if he does hit the ground running at Spurs, I think he could be a very good signing yeah. for them. But it's very interesting, you know, listening to Danny Rose last week talking about Pochettino and being a, a father figure to that group. Yeah. 
if he's going to get something out of Suzuki, if he can't, y yeah. no one can. No, no, exactly. <laughs> I would, I would question. Uh, there are major question marks over his attitude because I don't think it was just last season. I think uh, since he came to English football, he's been flaky. He's always wanted to tout himself as a Champions League player, but you see it one in six. One in six, he's brilliant. He looks unbelievable, but five in six, he's hardly, you hardly notice he's there. So that's the issue. And when you go to a club like Tottenham, a proper big club that's competing at the top end of the table, you can't afford to carry passengers. You can't. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be um, very interesting to see if Pochettino can get the best out of him. I think he is the type of manager that might, mm. but I just... I, once a player is, you know, we've seen it with Balotelli. Lots of managers have tried to, to cure these players and get something out of them week in, week out, but it's not easy. What about Harry Kane? Is he a suitable case for TLC? Because, you know, he didn't get any service for England. It looks like he's going through another of these slow starts to a season. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel well, for him? Well, uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, not, not especially. I mean, look, I, I, Harsh. I, um, well. Well, no, I, but why should you feel for him? Because I think he's proved himself in the last couple of years. He started both seasons slowly and yet ended up scoring 20-plus mm. uh, goals. So, no, he, he's probably just one of those players. Adrian and mm. I were talking about mm. it earlier before we came on, on air uh, about the fact that some players do need a, a month or so, or six weeks, to, to get up and running out. I think he's probably just a little bit short on confidence. Yeah. You know, that we saw the, the, the air shot uh, <laughs> yeah. for England against Slovakia that, you know, Harry Kane in top form would, would have mm. would have buried you would expect, but I, th I think he also needs players playing a lot closer to him than yeah. than happened in the England game. You know, he was a bit isolated up front on his own. Um, I think as soon as Deli Ali uh, is back up to speed, yeah. back up to form, then I, I think we'll see that partnership. I think it will blossom even greater this year. But I, I just I just think yes, there is probably a little bit of a lack of confidence given everything that happened. And he's got, yeah, he's got a, he's got they've bought a striker haven't they, in Janssen who has played alongside him in, in periods um, already. Be interested to see how the manager juggles that because um, because I think he can play as a number ten or a roving striker. Um, it would get him in the game a lot more, but but Spurs fans are worried, aren't they? They want him on the shoulder of, of centre half. So so it would be interesting to see how often they play as a pair or how often um, the manager says to Kane, give me 70 at full pelt yeah. and then I'll give you a breather and mm. on comes Jansen. Yeah, you see, I, I looked at that England team without Deli Alli and couldn't, I couldn't work that out. No. You've got almost, is Ali a victim of Rooney and Kane a victim of Rooney? Uh, Ali, definitely, yeah. Um, I mean, for me, Sam coming into the job, it was an absolute no-brainer. You know, in two years' time, Wayne Rooney is going to be slower than he is now. That, that's no mm -hmm. disrespect to him. That's just a fact of life. Um, and he's still a very intelligent footballer. But I just think Deli Ali in two years will be an incredible player. I think he's a very, very good player now, uh, wonderfully gift of footballer and I, I really think if, if I'd have been Sam Allardyce going into the situation he's going into now I would have built the team around Ali I would have said to him look you will be the fulcrum for, for however long I'm in charge um, go out play enjoy it relax if you have a bad game you'll mm. still be the, the first name on the team sheet next time um, And I, but I, I wonder if Allardyce may begin to phase Rooney out yeah. despite what he's saying yeah. now um, I, I wonder if that will happen. He's the right captain the now year. because there's no other alter there's no viable mm. alternative to Rooney as the captain. Who else could who else could be England captain? Who else deserves it? No one at the mm. moment. But but does he deserve his place in the team? I would agree with you, Tom, and say maybe not. No, we're very early in the season, but we've already talked about a big weekend. You know, Liverpool and Leicester. Mm. Are they going to make that leap into the top four? And we've got the derby in Manchester. 
Chelsea are pretty strong. Mm -hmm. Has the pattern of this season already been set? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, this has been mentioned, hasn't it? With everyone's suddenly saying it's going to be City, United, Chelsea. These, these are the three that are going to be battling out for title. My, my view is that it's way too early and that neither team or neither of those three teams have been tested yet. They will. Obviously, Manchester United are going to play City this weekend. I think we'll have a better idea about those two on the back of it. Nah, way too early. Um, and anyone I, who yeah, thinks yeah. it's been set must be crackers <laughs> on, on, on the basis of last year. Yeah, we, you yeah. know, it's, it's going. I think yeah. it'll be so unpredictable. Twists and turns. There won't be as many twists and turns as last year. That's no. almost impossible. Yeah. But Adrian's absolutely right with what he's saying. I'm not so sure. Have we seen the shape of things to come? Maybe we have. Thanks for joining us here on the Football Writers Podcast. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.